to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced as all things should be. My name is Isaac Edlin. I'm your host tonight. And with me, I have one dear fellow Infinity Bro. It is Jared Curtis. How you doing, Jared? I'm doing great. I think that might be the first time in my life that somebody's called me dear. And I like I know it's close to Valentine's Day, but you do know I'm a married man, Isaac. Like that's there's I mean, a lot. I do, yeah. but like we need to get a little bit of flirting in on this podcast because yeah. I just don't I don't hear your your sultry tones enough on the Infinity Rose podcast. So I have to have to draw it out as long as possible. Absolutely. We're having a moment <laughs> here and it's look, look, just hey, shh, ignore the rest of these listeners. It's just you and me, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. But it is very nice to have you on the podcast, though. I I think it's been a while. The last time we talked was probably the beginning of 2023. Okay. On the podcast. On yes. the podcast. On the podcast. Totally. We are good friends, and yeah. we do talk on a regular <laughs> basis. <laughs> I'm going to just say it because we recorded this episode already, or a version of this episode. It will be forever the lost Infinity Bros episode. So um, sad. But yeah, other than that, it has been a hot minute since you and I have been on an episode together, and it is always a joy to be you and me. And and again, like we are two very good boys. We are puppies trapped in grown men's bodies. And so we, you are going to listen to an episode where Isaac and I agree on everything, and we are cordial, <laughs> and we are so incredibly nice, and there's not a single hot take. So if you're ready, maybe maybe we'll even agree more than Zane agrees with me. Oh all my the gosh, time, I'm ready for that. I mean, yeah, that's uh, just imagine society if uh, if we all agreed as much as Zane agrees. As much as Zane says, yeah. Uh, to echo what you said, <laughs> especially the part where you said this. <laughs> Oh, man. Good times. Good times. But you can check out previous episodes of the Infinity Bros podcast to find out what I'm talking about. For you new listeners, welcome to the Infinity Bros. We're a group of six guys rotating cast who review things uh, pop culture related, mostly MCU related. But we review a lot of other things, too. We're going to talk about a few other things, but we're also going to talk MCU today with Echo, uh, which just dropped earlier last month now uh, i was gonna say this month but it is already at this point february. it's february yeah. it's already a third of the way through february so <laughs> we are <laughs> very far along in in the year of 2024 already so we're just cruising boys we're cruising but we're gonna uh drop our reviews of echo the miniseries that dropped on disney plus as well as a few movies that we've caught over the past couple months so um so Make sure you check out the Infinity Bros at theinfinitybros.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and a very new place that uh, Jarrett's going to tell us a little bit more about, Drip. Yeah, what so- is the deal with Drip, Jarrett? <laughs> um, to my understanding, it is a platform for a bunch of different collectors who um, sort of like live stream auctions and little games, and they do... Uh, It's like a way to connect communities of collectors together. And you also have the option of like buying from other collectors and stuff. Um, I have experienced this firsthand just from the MTG aspect, which is uh, sort of the new adventure that the Infinity Bros are going on together. Um, Robbie is like fully committed to this. He's invested and is deep diving into uh, Drip's MTG streams and, and doing a lot of giveaways and auctions and stuff there. So yeah, it is buck wild. It's it's a pretty cool platform. 
Yeah. And from what I understand, it's very similar to whatnot, um, mm-hmm. which I've seen floating around on a lot of different like collector, you know, sites and accounts and stuff like that. So but yeah, very soon you're going to be seeing uh, Infinity Row Robbie's beautiful bearded face all over drip. So. And it's phenomenal setup. We talked about this a little bit, but like there's like the, the streamer setup that everybody like desires to have. And I've never seen anyone do it as good as Robbie. Um, which if it feels like I'm gassing him up, I'm not. I'm saying that because I despise him and I'm mad that I don't have that set up. <laughs> very jealous. Yes, yeah. I can see it in Jarrett's eyes right now. He's very uh, jealous. So I'm not promoting him. I'm dissing him. And I hope I hope that comes through. I don't want you to think like I like this person. <clears throat> but stay on the watch for that. It's going to be cool. We're going to get a lot of MTG. I mean, if you guys have been paying attention to our TikTok at all, you know that we're basically an MTG like podcast group function. I don't right know now. how I like I feel like this is my fault. I don't know <laughs> what I awaken in Robbie, but he it was like you did something. Yeah. I like kicked a rock on a snowy day and like it turned into an avalanche. <laughs> that is just Robbie's like obsession with MTG. Basically. Yeah. So I mean our our TikTok has grown very quickly. We've got like over eleven thousand followers on TikTok right now. And mm-hmm. I'd say a good 50% of them are from our MTG efforts, which, you know, we didn't expect that when we started this Infinity Bros journey nearly five years ago. But here we are and we're going to roll with it. I'm going to spoil this now because I feel like um, we, we are working on improving, not just obviously the TikTok aspect of it and like the short form video stuff, but with with everything going on with Drip as well. And then. Our Magic Monthly, we're trying to figure out what we want to do with that. But one of the things that we have going forward is we want to get some Commander games in as the sets drop. So obviously the big one right now is Murders at... um, I always want to say Markov. That's a different thing. Murders at Karlov Manor. Um, We were not quick enough to get in on that. But the production that we're putting together for Fallout is the probably the biggest thing we've ever done is the infinity rose with this joint effort that we've made between me, Robbie, um, potentially Isaac Zane and Mark on that episode. We don't know yet, but um, yeah, big stuff coming from the infinity rose as far as the MTG market. I'm excited and uh, big stuff coming from Robbie specifically. Um, this is uh, you heard it here first, and I'm I'm like whispering to the mic now because this is technically a secret, and like yep. this is now, all now we're in the ASMR portion. The ASMR portion of the Infinity Bros podcast. We have a whole segment uh, dedicated to that nowadays. Uh, but um, Robbie, in one of his TikToks, sang a portion of a MTG themed like cover. Yeah, and he is in the process of like writing a music video for it. And it like, he is very excited about this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also excited about this and excited to see what he's going to come up with. So I, I told him, I was like, I'm going to be there. Like you just tell me what to do. I'll stand in the background and like be a dancing girl in a bikini or something like that. Like whatever you need, I'm there. <laughs> What kind, of, what kind of episode are we running here, Isaac? I, I, I'm, I don't know what kind of music video Robbie's planning. That's just like I'm just I'm here for it. So going to be twerking on, on the hood of a Ferrari. No, knowing yeah. Robbie, it's all going to be like goth girls and like some 
really long black over the eye hair. You are trying and... to seduce me this episode. <laughs> Isaac, I don't want to picture you as a goth hey, girl. <laughs> Valentine's Day yeah. is coming up, so we got to get some seduction in <laughs> the podcast. No, Isaac, You are probably not here for, for me seducing Jarrett or talking about Robbie's beautiful bearded face. You're yeah. probably here to hear some reviews of some different things, including Echo. First of all, we want to get to a few animated features that Jarrett and I saw and we're pretty excited about, actually. So we wanted to review them on the podcast. First of all, we're going to be reviewing Migration, which uh, <clears throat> just dropped on Christmas Day in 2023. Uh, really great animated film with some pretty awesome uh, cast members. Kumil Nanjani plays like the feature voice Elizabeth Banks. Uh, Tressie Gazal, Casper Jennings, Danny DeVito. That's kind of like the main cast. And then they've also got Keegan-Michael Key, Aquafina, uh, Carol Kane, David Mitchell, and a few other uh, cameos and other smaller parts. But a lot of a lot of really great uh, voice actors in this one. And it's it's Illumination, which, you know, is the studio that brought us uh, Despicable Me, The Minions. Um, Despicable Me 2, Despicable Me 3, Despicable Me Despicable 3. Me 4. <laughs> All of the Despicable Me's. Uh, and most recently, I was going to mention the uh, Super Mario Bros. movie as well. That's so right. I forgot. They very, very uh, well, um, you know, established and reputed um, animation studio. And it it shows like it. Right. Animation looks great. Uh, Jarrett, what did you think of Migration? And you went to it with your kids, right? Yes. And what did they think of it? So, so this was one of them that really... <laughs> unintentional pun here, but really flew under my radar. Um, I did not know this was a thing until literally like we were at the movie theater and my wife was like, Hey, we should check this out. It looks pretty cool. And so she dragged us all into the theater and, you know, I, I had no idea what I was getting into going in other than this was a kid's movie about ducks migrating. And I was like, it pretty much is what it says on the tin. And to be <laughs> fair, what you think this movie is about is it, it's exactly that. But in saying that, despite it's like, quote unquote, predictability, it's a phenomenal movie. It's so freaking good. The, mm -hmm. the voice acting in this is incredible. And the thing that I love is like, there's big names like Camille Nunjiani is a rising star and has been absolutely killing it in everything that he's in. Mm -hmm. But and, and like Danny DeVito, I mean, cannot miss. <laughs> But the two yeah, speaks the two, for itself. Yeah, I mean Danny DeVito is in it. So Danny DeVito. Yeah. Um, but the two the two kids in this the the two lesser known the actor and actress, um, despite being in like one other movie accredited on IMDb, both were phenomenal. Like they both killed it. And and the I don't know if it's that this this uh, young lady has a uh, New Zealand accent, but. The little girl in this, I legitimately thought was the actor that plays. Um, oh, who was who the girl clone in Bad Batch? Oh, uh, Omega. Omega. I thought it was Omega. the same actress. Um, it is not. And like those two absolutely killed it. I thought they were phenomenal. The nice. one gripe, and, and we've talked about this before, <laughs> is I I love Keegan-Michael Key. I think he's a phenomenal actor. I think the bits that uh, Key and Peele have done are hilarious. And... Those two guys can absolutely nail any impression that they put their mind to, except for apparently Jamaican. <laughs> um, 
because Keegan Michael Key has the weirdest accent in this, and it constantly switches back and forth between like an absurd over like production of what he thinks a Jamaican accent is to like no accent at all, and it switches seemingly at random, like for no reason at all. And so, yeah, a phenomenal movie, great voice acting, amazing writing. It is very much a kids' movie for kids. My boys were literally standing and screaming in the theater, which <laughs> I, I'm sorry to the to the seven other people that were watching it. But like, whatever. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. apologize for how awesome my kids are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than Keegan Michael Key's horrible impression in this movie, uh, yeah. phenomenal. Six out of six. Uh, yeah. six I, out of six. Wow. Yeah, other than the 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 Keegan Michael Key knocks it down about half a point or, or maybe a whole okay. point. But. So it was a 6.5 before this. And now it's a 6.6. No, no, six no. Out of six? It, it, it was a six out of six. Now it's oh, a okay. All right. five, gotcha. five and a half. <clears throat> yeah. So for those of you guys who don't know, we have a special rating system on the infinity bros that we use that Jared just referenced here on the infinity bros podcast. Everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale, zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an Infinity Snap. So, yeah, we rate things out of six. Uh, he rated a 5.5 out of six, which is pretty dang high praise, especially for a movie that you knew nothing about going into it, I feel like. And on top of it, it's made by the same company that makes every single like Facebook mom meme ever. Because we <laughs> log on Facebook right now. Look up your grandparents or your aunt who like believes in conspiracy theories. And I want you to speed run how quickly you can find a minion meme. Cause I bet you all the money in my bank account. It's on there. <laughs> so yeah, it's I was not expecting very much, much possible. I came at it from a little different angle. I definitely took my kids to it. I, that's something that I enjoy doing with my two older uh, daughters. We've been to several movies in the past year. And for some reason, migration was played the trailer for migration was played before almost every movie we saw this year. Not sure why, but like it just was over and over and over again. So my kids were like, yeah, dad, we got to go see this movie. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think it was awesome. It was really fun. A lot of what you're saying, though, it's like it's very predictable. It's a kid's movie. There's nothing crazy or abstract or different about this movie it's basically what you are advertised on the cover of migration so so if you're going in expecting anything different than that might want to rethink it a little bit overall it was really great animation is is top notch voice cast is great everything's great I, i think i have i do have the same qualm about the jamaican voice you seem very passionate about it i i don't know if i'm quite as passionate about it i i will say like Probably because the level of actor and voice actor that Keegan-Michael Key is, it is a little weird slash disappointing that he put on such a weird like performance of this. I think that's the thing is like there's sort of two parts to this. One, when you compare it to somebody like Aquafina can only ever play Aquafina. Like she has the same one note and and it's the same always. And so when you have somebody to the caliber of Kegel Michael Key, who is like a master impressionist, like the dude, like, yeah, go watch those shorts. Sorry, sorry, (laughs) I was going to say something and then I got a frog in my throat here. But if you didn't tell me that Keegan Michael Key was Toad 
in Super Mario Bros. Would not have known that yeah, at all. Killed that role. Killed that role. And he's like totally different from his his yeah. usual normal voice. You know. So like this is a that's that's the thing is voice like actor. when you have when you have an amazing actor and you know what they're capable of and they phone it in. That's what bothers me. And and like oh, I I could not shake it because I'm like. This is one of the like this dude is perfect for this part, and he just completely like do you, it. Do you think he's phoning it in, or do you think he's trying to overplay? Like he's just trying to be funny. Like he's not treating this as like a a serious role. I guess maybe that's what phoning it in means yeah. to you. I, I don't really know. I, but to like, me, I, here's what I think happened. I think there is there's like the authentic Jamaican accent, which we know and we love. And I think there's like sort of the in the same way that like Mel Gibson absolutely butchered the Scottish accent. (laughs) There is like the Hollywood version of the Jamaican accent. And I think he was afraid of coming across as like overly stereotypical or maybe like not doing it justice. I I don't know what the deal was there, but it almost felt to me like there was a number of moments where he just played it way too safe and just talked like Keegan Michael Key. And the problem was that would be fine if the whole movie was like that or if the whole movie was like in the accent, but he switched back and forth Mm -hmm. at seemingly random times to where I was like, are we doing the accent or are we not? Cause this is getting so distracting (laughs) for me. Yeah. Right. I, I, I agree with you. The consistency was just wild. It was just all over the place there, Mm -hmm. but overall I thought it was awesome. When this hits streaming, my kids will be all over it. They will be watching it every other day. Um, I would give it a five out of six. It was solid. It was, it's not going to, it's not a classic. Like you're not going to look back at this and be like, Oh my gosh, migration was like one of the best animated life changing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it was, it was really fun. It was, it was a good watch. So five out of six. I I Um, need to say this because I I feel like, especially with the way that we're going to talk about Disney plus going forward and something that like I've been talking about quite a bit is like, I feel like there is so much pressure for every movie to be like cinematically perfect. You know what I mean? Like the top quality as best as it can be extremely well-written. And like, I've been going back and watching a lot of the movies that I loved from my childhood, right? Some of the nineties classics. And like, if I were to watch them today with a very critical eye, I would probably be harsher to them than I was as a kid. And so I I like everything doesn't need to be a Scorsese movie. You know what I mean? You could go to a kid's movie have it be incredibly predictable, really right. fun joyride, and like walk out of it going, oh, that was fun. And, and like, yeah. that's enough. I think there's a there's definitely a balance to be struck there because, you know, I, and especially when we talk about superhero movies, like that's right. kind of our, our bread and butter as we talk about these superhero movies and the MCU and stuff like that. Like you've got guys on our podcast like Max and Robbie who are like, this is the worst film ever. This is a two out of six. Like, (laughs) like I can't believe they made this, you know? And then we've got Mark on the other side. Who's like Thor love and thunder is a 6.9 out of six. It's the best movie I've ever watched in my life. (laughs) Like, like there's a balance to be struck between like just going to a movie, not expecting so much of it, but also just enjoying it for what it is. Yeah. You know, like I enjoyed Love and Thunder. Do I think it's a great movie? No, but I still had a fun time, you know, so I think there's enjoyment to be had in most movies if we stop taking them so seriously and 
I guess being critics of it, which here we are in, on a podcast <laughs> reviewing it. Did. We're literally reviewing it. But like sometimes you just got to sit back and enjoy a movie. Right. But yeah, that's what we got. Migration. Solid. Definitely worth a watch. I'm not sure when it's hitting streaming, but it's got to be soon because yeah. it was I guess it was December is end of December. So it might be a month or two before it hits streaming. Take the kids. Be you won't regret it. Yeah, you won't regret it. Kids will love it. Next up, another kids movie that has been on streaming since it aired. It's Leo from Netflix. Um, started on November 21st, I have here. Um, Adam Sandler. This has got to be like, did he direct this too? No, he didn't direct it. But like this whole thing is his. It screams Adam like, Sandler. Yeah, it's you have you watch this and you're like, this is all Adam Sandler. But it follows a lizard, 74 year old lizard named Leo and his turtle friend when they decide to escape from the terrarium of a Florida school classroom of where they have been living for decades. Um, and to be honest, this is one that like just popped up on Netflix. Didn't know anything about it. Kind of similar to your situation with migration where I was just like, Oh, it's there. Yeah. Okay. Let's watch it. Like whatever. Um, and right away, <laughs> the first scene right off the bat is singing. It's yeah. a musical. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, why? Like, well, there is no logical reason for this movie to be a musical. You could cut every single song and it would make this probably the same, if not slightly better. <laughs> probably the same. Other than Adam Sandler is the one behind all Yeah, he is, like, it, he, he is probably the one that's like, guys, guys, we should make this a musical. <laughs> Eight Crazy Nights didn't work. We got to do another one. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But uh, it is very witty and charming and funny and yeah. animation is great. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of really great things about it. And it's got a lot of great voice acting as well. Bill Burr stars alongside a squirtle, which that was another, like, I don't know, just like out of body <laughs> experience. Like when I heard squirtle, I was like, this is Adam Sandler and Bill Burr, Bill Burr. in so that's... animated form right next to each other. Like that tells you what you need to know about this movie. So this Obviously. is how this is how I ended up watching the movie because my wife turned it on for my kids. And I was in the other room doing dishes or doing laundry or something. And I had known that they were watching a kid's movie. And I hear Bill Burr's voice and I go, oh, crap. <laughs> they switched <laughs> movies. So I came running around the corner like, oh, somebody give me their own. And it's it's still the kids movie. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's Bill Burr and Adam Sandler in like yeah. a it, like it's not like Adam Sandler's kids movies are not kids movies. Right. Like the, no, he doesn't right. do kids movies. This is a legit kids movie. And it's this good. Is a legit kids movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's solid. Like despite the fact that there's singing and it's, it's for a musical some for reason, no a musical reason. <laughs> for zero reason at all. Like it's it is very charming and heartwarming and yeah. like Adam Sandler, I will say too, he does go overboard with the voice, which that's not surprising. Like it's, it's Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. <laughs> but like like the first, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes of the movie, he really hams it up so much so that like he's almost un like listenable. Like you can't even understand what he's saying. But then as the movie gets goes on, he like kind of loses a little bit of the lizard drawl, I guess. It just sounds like Adam Sandler. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like Adam Sandler on an SNL skit, like (laughs) just being goofy. 
But yeah, it's just, I don't know. He, he starts it out so heavy and it's like, bro, just, yeah. just chill out a little bit. But, but yeah, again, it gets, it gets a little bit more tolerable throughout the movie. Again, just heartwarming. That's, that's one thing that I, I was not expecting to yeah. like this movie at all. Number one, but yeah, like it's become a staple with my kids too. We've watched this like probably weekly since it came out at least. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I would agree with you. I think it's a really good storyline. I think it's like the message is really positive. The one thing I can say about this that I can't say about migration. Migration you really know where you're going. Like like from one moment to the next, mm-hmm. it is an extremely predictable movie. Again, not a knock. It's you know it is what it is. This movie has the weirdest act three that is so out of left field. Um, and I'm, like, I'm not going to spoil it because, I mean, I guess spoilers for a Netflix TV show or movie for kids. <laughs> it's but, been out for months. But like there's a whole like storyline with the teacher who ends up like becoming a bad guy and kidnapping Leo for a while. And it's <laughs> it makes no sense. It's the most it awful. It is really wild. <laughs> uh, but it kind of works in a fun way. It keeps way. you guessing the yeah. whole time. You're like, what? What is happening? I don't <laughs> I don't know. You have to keep watching to figure out what's going on. That's one of those where like I... <laughs> in the middle of the night, I was like, I imagine that, right? Like this was a fever dream. I didn't really just watch an Adam Sandler movie. It where plays as a fever dream, especially yeah. with the music, musical scores and stuff like that. Like, okay. The one I'm thinking of specifically is um, Jada. She's one of the kids that like right. hangs out with Leo and stuff like that. Her dad is like a skin care doctor mm-hmm. and he does this number when, when Leo goes to their house, bears like you could cut out that number and it would not make a single yeah, would change it in this movie would change a thing. And like they just did this just for funsies, and it's like, what, what is going on right now? It's just so weird. But yeah, I digress, man. It's it's a wild, wacky movie. Yeah, but it was a fun time overall. This is. Would you give it as a rating? So I've watched it again since the last time you and I talked about it on the last episode. Um, and I've, I've officially changed my rating uh, to a 6.9. This is the best movie ever made. <laughs> because of, and th- I have to talk about this. If you don't go watch this movie, I will absolutely forgive you. I will not hold it against you. But you have to go look up all of the kindergartner scenes. Because oh as an educator, as somebody who teaches children... This is how every single, including my own kids, this is how every single elementary kid looks to me. They all look like this. Go look up the animation style. Look up Leo kindergarten students and you will see exactly what I mean. Yeah. And the part in the movie where they're going through this like sequence of like, hey, these guys are, what are they in? Like fifth grade or something? Fourth, fifth grade, something like that. And it's going through the sequence of them like growing up from like kindergarten to fifth grade. And it shows this picture of them as kindergartners when they're animated like that, but just like little savage, like yeah. circle heads. <laughs> and then gremlins. it like transitions <laughs> into them now as yeah. fifth graders. And it is just, oh my gosh, I lost it. <laughs> that sequence. It's was so good. So funny. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. Like it's how exactly how it is. <laughs> Yeah, so this is, like, if you've ever wondered, like, what my mind sees when I look at kindergartners or, or any elementary school kid, it's this. It's this animation style. 
we'll we'll uh, put a link in the show notes so you guys yeah. can check it out. But uh, I'm watching. It. I had to watch it right now. <laughs> I just turned it off. <laughs> so it's a six point nine out of six. Six point nine out of six, just because of that. <laughs> just because of that, I would also give this one a five out of six. It's a solid kids movie. My kids love it, and like you said, it's a true kids movie. Like yeah. you kind of don't expect that going in with Adam Sandler and Bill Burr, but yeah. uh, but here we are. It's a real kids movie, and it don't feel bad about my kids watching it at all yeah so and it's you know for as much as my kids have watched it it still isn't getting old to me Mm -hmm. yet it probably will get there if like my my middle child is four and so she's like the one who's like i want to watch this every single day like gosh yeah every day she wants to watch this and i'm like okay we gotta like let somebody else pick movies like (laughs) spread it out a little bit so like so it's yeah. been tolerable if i'm keeping it to weekly if it were a daily movie it would probably get old especially yeah. with those irrelevant musical numbers you would you would you would drive out to hollywood find adam sandler and commit like <laughs> the most dangerous game style man <laughs> it it might get weird yeah so so yeah that's our reviews of uh, migration and leo uh, which, you know, you weren't asking for because these are kids movies that we're reviewing on this. Mostly. Adult this is podcast, very like this is, very, <laughs> this is so up your eye alley specifically yeah, that is. like anybody else on this podcast episode, it just wouldn't work. No, but no. I'm glad Zane, you guys Zane probably that. hasn't seen either of them. Um, Robbie probably has, though. Actually, it would probably work with Robbie. Robbie has, Robbie... but you know Robbie would absolutely like just dunk on these movies. <laughs> probably. Max would, too. Yeah. I don't know. Mark, he, Maggie's not at that point where she could she's really watching yeah. movies yet. She's I don't probably think. in so the Coco may... Melon stage right now. Oh, gosh. We, we banned any baby TV shows oh, in our yeah. house because I'm yeah. so sick of those shows. It's no Sunny just... Bunnies, no Coco Melon, no... Sunny Bunnies. We talked about <laughs> we that talked on about the last Sunny episode. Bunnies. Oh, my gosh. Sunny Bunnies. Unfortunately, we haven't banned Sunny Bunnies yeah. yet, so my middle child still watches that. But, like, but like Coco Melon, Little Angel, BB, Baby Finn. Yeah. Like, all these dumb shows that are, like, just babies, like, singing songs the whole time. Like, that's all they do. You know what I... You know what it is? And people don't talk about this enough, but I, I did a little research. I dug into this. So, you know how, like, the U.S. government and Argentina and a bunch of places after World War II stole a bunch of the Nazi scientists? Mm-hmm. They imported them into, like, America for, for like, the, the nuclear program and all these other things. And um, I think some of them leaked into Netflix and started making these like as a way to test like what levels of, of torture can can like middle aged <laughs> can parents sustain. Yeah, parents stand. Um, so oh it's just a gosh. bunch of Nazi scientists sitting in a yeah, room. Thank, thank God for shows like Bluey that oh like, my gosh, are normal. more for the parents than for see, but the, the children. Na- see, but the Nazis didn't defect it to australia so this is what i'm saying right like there you go there you go that's bluey is the show that keeps me sane like i will i basically will be like if i'm getting sick of the kids the shows the kids are watching i'm like we're watching bluey i don't care if you guys like it or not we're watching bluey right now yeah oh my gosh it's a refreshing 
show after all the when you've survived crazy. the desert that is like sunny bunnies and coco melon all those and netflix Bleak. has yeah. a lot <laughs> so many of awful shows guys uh, like you won't you won't know this until your parents uh, like when your kid is literally trying to watch the dumbest shows on the face of the earth you will understand what jared and i are talking about yeah when you survive it's bad it. out there you will yeah. you will beg for the glass of water that is bluey. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Moving on from the children shows to a very not children show. Yeah, is the worst way to describe it ever. <laughs> but like, we're gonna roll with it's it. Not, it's not explicit, Joe. <laughs> right? Like the way you pitch that is like in a world where everybody's dying and they all cuss all the time. We're gonna talk about. Echo. And we're going to give a spoiler warning here. This is. Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. Because uh, it's okay if we spoil Migration and Leo and Bluey and Sunny Bunnies for you. But like you might get a little upset if you haven't watched Echo. You think there's like we have a we have a pretty diverse audience from a number of countries and and states and and like different backgrounds and walks of life. Do you think there's somebody who like whipped their phone across the room when we spoiled Leo? <laughs> it was just like how I, dare yeah. they? I can't believe it. Yeah, it's yeah. Scott. It's Scott. He just whipped his phone. Yeah, across it's the definitely room. Scott. He got, yeah, uh, he's definitely the one. We are going to talk about Echo, which I specifically asked Jarrett to come on and review with me because he's got some awesome unique perspectives um let's let's talk about the show itself a little bit it dropped on january 10th synopsis says maya lopez must face her past reconnect with her native american roots and embrace the meaning of family and community if she ever hopes to move forward the last time we saw maya lopez was in hawkeye Mm -hmm. um we we got a pretty extensive peek at her character and we got the scene of her shooting kingpin in the eye at the end of the show right so now we come upon echo here and this is the story of her and kingpin coming to terms basically yeah a lot of big things this is the first ever disney plus mcu show that is rated tvma so that's a big step and it was also streamed concurrently on hulu because of that so that's that's something that is pretty unique about Echo. All of the episodes were dropped at the same time um, on January 10th. Five episodes, which some interesting things just technically with that. Five episodes is one lesson kind of Marvel has done with their Disney Plus. That is the shortest, formula. I believe, so far. Yeah. Shortest. Yeah, exactly. And they have done the week to week releases up until Echo or actually up until uh, what if last year, which right. they did, they released one episode per day for nine days. And then um, Echo, they released all five episodes at once. So they're they're trying some different strategies. Um, obviously, we've kind of talked about the Disney Plus shows um, in the MCU to death here on the Infinity Bros podcast. But what did you think of this different approach that they took with e- Echo, Jarrett? I like it in that like... I'm going to watch these at my own pace anyways. I'm not the kind of person who can binge watch a whole series in like a night or two, unless I have to for something like the podcast. So 
I like having it available as I'm available to watch it rather than waiting week to week. But at the same time, like I'm not going to like if they were to release half of it one day, wait a week and then release the other half of, of the episodes, that's fine too. But I, I, I don't know. I kind of prefer this cause I'm not going to, I'm not going to burn myself out quickly. Like I know a lot of people are. Um, so yeah, I think this was a good way to handle it. I don't like the length and like, we'll get into that more when we talk about the story and the structure of it. But the fact mm-hmm. that it was only five episodes and again, the same Disney thing that they always do where like they say it's about an hour, it's always less. And then like so much of that time is the credits. I don't know why the credits yeah. always take up so much. The credits of the are so long in these shows, like literally 10 to 15 minutes long of credits usually yeah. in these shows, which is, I don't, I mean, I don't even want to watch like three minutes of credits. Right. I'm not going to sit there for 10 to 15 minutes. Like this is a little ridiculous. So, um, but yeah, it, they took a little bit different approach and obviously um, that was because they've been having so much, internet backlash from the other MCU Disney plus shows. And because of that, they made echo and some um, upcoming shows into Marvel spotlight series, right? Which um, basically means that we're not going to see her as a recurring character. I mean, not exclusively, but like they're basically highlighting the fact that like, Hey, this is echo series. Yeah. We're not going to, this is, relatively separate from the rest of the MCU. Like obviously it takes place in the same universe. We get some recurring characters in this show. We, we see daredevil, we see Kingpin, which I'm assuming Kingpin is going to show up based on the post-credit scene. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's something that's kind of its own thing. And we might see uh, Maya Lopez at some point um, down the road in the MCU, but this kind of sets up a, expectation of like hey like don't be looking for her to return in any projects moving forward so interesting approach but i think honestly that's needed as well because with the phase four so many new characters so many new projects that they've been coming out with in there yeah yeah and they haven't come back to almost any of them i mean not not for you know, good reason because they are moving forward and they're, you know, starting to finally get back to some of them with like the movies and stuff that are coming out. But at the same time, it's like, man, I don't remember at this point. I don't remember Falcon and Winter Soldier, like what happened in that show. Like I need to go rewatch that show before Thunderbolts comes out because Thunderbolts apparently has a lot of, you know, recurring characters and is going to have some, you know, and, and the uh, what's what's it called? The Brave New World, the Captain America right. movie that's coming out. Yep. It's been so long since we returned to those characters. So I, I think it's good that they're finally conceding like, hey, not every character is going to be vitally yep. important to the future of the MCU. Um, so, so we can kind of like compartmentalize that in our brains and like, you know, set our expectations where they should be. I I think there's a lot of like, now that the superhero genre is sort of dying down, I don't think it's dead necessarily, but like, it's definitely slowing. Um, I, I think in order to keep it fresh and keep it in a situation where people who are not necessarily as invested as, as we are, um, want to go watch the movies they're not going to want to be required to watch like 30 mini series that are not great (laughs) and six other movies just to understand what the heck is going on. And so I think 
not not overcrowding your to use a cooking term like not overcrowding your pan so to speak is a good mm-hmm. idea here i i do right. i i understand the level of like sunken cost fallacy where they look at these disney plus series and have the knee-jerk reaction of like wow people really don't like these T- to me the answer isn't like okay so if, if people don't like these let's just kind of do less with echo that doesn't make sense to me like if you're trying to get any return on investment and actually like produce a good product you produce a good product like people are asking for it why are you like yeah. okay right you didn't like that we gave you less with these other series so we're going to give you even less this time that's somehow going to satisfy <laughs> you like no figure it out disney yeah yeah some interesting creative decisions that uh they've made just with the overall mcu echo included but you know some good some bad just kind of how it goes but i think overall i feel like they did a pretty good job with this series um and we'll talk a little bit more about uh the pacing and some other things too but i wanted to kind of just dive into a little bit of the background here obviously like i mentioned we get uh kingpin uh Wilson Fisk in Hawkeye. Right. Maya Lopez shoots his eye out. Um, yeah. and <laughs> so, <does she? laughs> shoots his eye out. Well, yeah, exactly. We come back, and I was just going to say, he peels off this just this dramatic, like, peel off. And it's like this little red spot, like, the kind of surrounding his eye. Red line. It's like, it's like she burnt, she just, like, she shot. And the 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 gunshot just like maybe did some burn to his face or something like that. Like didn't actually like shoot his eye out because his eye is still there, which I mean, sure. Granted, it could be like a glass eye or something like whatever, you know, but like (laughs) I was expecting a lot more disfigurement from (laughs) from Fisk than we really got, which I don't know. can what what was to be expected in that moment? Were you expecting him to be like really disfigured and messed up from that? Yeah. So so t- two things. First, I did not expect to actually see him in the, this series until like I thought it was going to be a post credit thing where mm-hmm. like his one eye opens in the hospital bed and you can see his face is all mangled. Right. Like I thought that was going to be like the cliffhanger that they leave us on. Yeah. Um. And instead, he just kind of shows up. <laughs> like get the scene where he wakes up from his hospital bed and he's fine totally fine nothing yeah. wrong with him. Yeah, he's fine yeah. and then the next episode he's just there and like part of the story and they really rush into it and he's like mm-hmm. psych i'm good also like i'm back in charge and i'm rich and here's some technology for you to help us communicate it was so <laughs> the pacing of this is so bizarre but it like, is weird yeah this is I, i've i have dove so deep into echo and so deep into daredevil they're like some of my favorite comics and the comic that this is like sort of based off of there's a point where daredevil and they do the same thing daredevil has two guns which by the way daredevil doesn't ever use guns i can't remember if it's daredevil or echo somebody shoots him in the eye with two guns it's in that same series so it's one of the two blows his head out like like literally puts both guns point blank to his eyes shoots him in the face and the follow-up comic to that, he's, like, in the gutter. He's in the sewer. He, like, feeds himself rats to survive. And then um, re-emerges as the kingpin with both eyes fine. Right? They do the exact same thing. <laughs> and I'm like, 
I remember I He's said comic this. accurate, Jared. Yeah. They're just <laughs> they're just following the comics. Come on. I and I, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or not. If it is, somebody go back and find the clip. But I said, like, I hope to God that like him getting shot in the face isn't like hand waved away somehow. Because yeah. that is my biggest pet peeve in the comics is he's just like, psych, I ate a rat and I'm fine. <laughs> and Must they, have been a mutant rat. Yeah, like he, they, there was they, some green ooze down there and he oh grew back his eyes or something. They did this in the TV series, though. Like, exactly what you said. He's, like, got a minor, like, like burn slash little, bruise. Little red spot there. He's like, yeah, he's like, like I live. I'm fine. <laughs> he, just, he just throws some makeup on there and, like, you oh. wouldn't even notice. Yeah, it's fine. So unhinged. It makes no yeah. sense to me. Yeah. So that is wild. I mean, like, hey, I, I'm happy we're getting Vincent D'Onofrio back. So, like, I'm not going to make a big stink and complain about yeah. it. But, like, yeah, it was it was annoying. And he was Kingpin that, again, which which we like we kind of glazed over that. But it, it, it wasn't the weird Kingpin that yeah. we got in Hawkeye. It was right. like a yeah, we got like Kingpin. a almost different character Kingpin in the Hawkeye series than from the Daredevil series. Yeah. But yeah, he definitely had Daredevil vibes in this one. He was way more serious. Sinister. He seemed like unhinged in yeah. Hawkeye for almost no reason. Right. Like Wilson Fisk can get unhinged, but there's always a reason behind it. Like, yeah, the, he's he's got the mind of like he's thinking three he's steps. He's always ahead. in control. Yeah, which yeah, he he's always in, in control. And in Hawkeye, it was like. Nah, this dude's not in yeah. control. He's he's off his rocker and he's got this Hawaiian shirt on just going nuts. You know, which is just... okay. I love to so that's that's a Spider-Man callback, which yeah. I love. That's like one of my favorite Kingpin, like, you know. But it was it like he put callback. on the Hawaiian shirt and he's like, just kidding, this is all a vacation. He like <laughs> I'm I'm on vacation from actually being Kingpin. He I'm turned it like... into the fourth stooge and just like lost all of his <laughs> I, I was so oh, on so yeah. but yeah it was nice to see him return to form as like a pretty serious threatening kingpin in this in this series so that was nice you you did mention Jarrett. so mm-hmm. you've read a lot of echo um they did change okay back back up a little bit so we get in the very first episode we kind of get a little backstory um about the now i'm blanking Choctaw. on the tribe Choctaw tribe um that that she is from and like how they've had this power that's kind of like handed down through women in their tribe like in, through generations and stuff like that so she inherits this power and the final episode is you know about her like embracing and using that power blah blah, blah all that stuff um so in this series they basically give her powers which is different like from the actual comics. superpowers yeah yeah actual superpowers so can you speak to since you are pro like i you know i know you probably wouldn't consider yourself an echo expert but right. like you're you're more of an echo expert than pretty much anybody else <laughs> sure. that we know for sure and probably anybody else that we interact with online so yeah, that's maybe fair, as yeah. the echo expert <laughs> Um, what did you think about the differences between her comic book character and how they portrayed her in the MCU? Yeah. So, so Maya Lopez in the comics is more, um, she's still indigenous, but she's more like Central American, uh, Aztec or Mayan. I, I can't remember which. Um, and so there is like more of a focus on like Lopez and, and the sort of like Hispanic 
indigenous heritage there. Um, and so the fact that they set this in the in the continental U.S. and made her Choctaw was really cool. And on top of that, I, I feel like there's sort of a there's a need to like justify supernatural things in the MCU. And I was, I like it because it got a little bit of the indigenous history there. And they got to talk about the folklore of like Choctaw's view on creation, um, which was really cool. But I also don't necessarily like that. They had to give her superpowers. I think they still could have gotten the like spiritual and folklore aspect of it without being like, okay, now her hands glow and she has super strength. Um, (laughs) Because in the comics, and, and this is one of the things that I really liked about her character, is that like she is a regular person who happens to be deaf. And I think that speaks more to... I'm going to get a, a, a bit on a rabbit trail here, but one of the things that I love about Hawkeye is like he's a regular dude. right? At the end of the day, he does not have superpowers. He's not superhuman. He just happens to be a regular dude who's really good at shooting a bow and has some martial arts background. And Echo kind of lives in that same vein, right? Like she is a person who has um, a, a, you know, a disability. She's differently abled. And in spite of that, she is able to do all these, what would be considered superhuman things just as a normal person. And so the fact that they were like, just kidding. Now also she has superpowers was a little frustrating, Mm -hmm. but in the comic books, her, her whole shtick is like, um, she's similar to the way that Taskmaster performs. And I'm not talking about the horrible one that we got in Black Widow. Um, <laughs> but in the comics, Taskmaster has this um, problem with his brain where he has like photographic eidetic memory specifically for like how people move and how they fight. Um, and, and it's kind of an interesting story arc because he ends up losing like personal memories, like like his family and who he was because He's so his mind just retains so much knowledge about like how people fight. And she is the same way. And like a lot of her action scenes in the comic books are like she's seen Captain America fight. And so now she can fight like Captain America or like specifically when she fought Daredevil as they're fighting, she can read his body language and she is able to fight better than him at his own like fighting style, which is like boxing and and mixed martial arts. And so to get away from that specifically and make her like superhuman was frustrating for me, but I like that they found a way to tie it in culturally. So I guess it's a mixed bag. Yeah. And so speaking of the cultural aspect uh, of it is the, I mean, the story here is that Maya goes back to her, um, her Choctaw yeah. Yeah, reservation hometown. And she basically is reconnecting with a lot of her family that, you know, she, she left behind when she went to New York city to, you know, be with, uh, with Fisk. and it's uh yeah, it's, it shows a lot of reservation life and stuff like that. And you have a, a cool, unique perspective as that you are married to a native have native children and you live on a reservation. So how did they, do you feel like they portrayed everything? Well, could you speak to, um, that whole aspect of it. Yeah. So it's interesting because like um, native cultures, obviously like tribes are very different from one another culturally, um, different languages, different like ways that we, we do things and stuff. And so um, it's, it's always surprising to me seeing how familiar these things are. Like we've talked about reservation dogs at length and a bunch of these other like native led projects and native led movies. And you look at them and obviously like there are differences and, um, you know, an indigenous group on one end of the continent looks very different to an indigenous group on the other. Mm-hmm. And yet there's this, this thread that like connects everything. 
And and even in watching this, obviously, I, I live in northeast Montana. I'm, I'm, you know, it's about as far as you can get from the south. <laughs> but watching this felt so familiar and felt so much like what we experience here and what we see here. And even like the powwow looked like every powwow I've ever been to, <laughs> you know, with the tourists and, and all mm. the food vans lining up and um, the grand entry looked the exact same as every grand entry I've been to. So it was really cool to see the way that they incorporated that. And obviously like they gave a special shout out, not only during the production, but even in the movie it's, or in the TV show itself about the participation from the Choctaw nation. And if you look at the cast and crew that's involved in this, um, like, like Chaskay Spencer, who plays the guy who owns the bowling alley is from here. He's, he's grew up and is enrolled in Fort Peck. And so you look at this all-star cast of indigenous actors and actresses and it makes sense that they would do this justice. It's done so well. Um, I mean, uh, like you're missing like Adam Beach and maybe a couple others. And you have like all the best who's who in Hollywood. I mean, Dallas Goldtooth was even in this first scene. So um, <laughs> yeah. it was super cool to see like, you know, that indigenous representation on the rise, not just within Disney and, and specifically the series. But like, I feel like Hollywood lately has kind of woken up to how powerful these stories are and how amazing they are. And so, yeah, it was cool to see the parallels that were drawn there. Like I talked about the folklore aspect and the Dakota creation story. Um, and, and like what is told as like, this is where we come from, um, is that the Dakota emerged from underground as like mud people um, from these caves in the Black Hills. And the story is very similar to what we see play out in this Choctaw creation story in the series. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's so cool to see like that parallel between the two. Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned that you know we're seeing more of these stories in uh, media. One yeah. specifically that I think is mentionable for sure in this episode is the uh, Kahori episode of What If, right? That I mean, just dropped weeks before Echo. Like very similar kind of like you know creation story, I guess. And yep. you know, it's just really cool to see her highlighted in that series so yeah just really cool that they're they're highlighting these native stories and it's good that they're getting the recognition because yeah they needed to be highlighted they they're awesome stories in general so pretty cool we have like you know obviously reservation dogs we have war pony we have this uh the kahori episode and even like lily collins and the whole group that uh, just absolutely smashed the box office with Killers of the Flower Moon, yeah. which I have thoughts on that movie, um, <laughs> good and bad. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it was really cool to see that representation. Um, I will say, and, and we talked about, you and I specifically talked about this before, the one thing that irritated me is her like superhero costume at the end. Obviously, like they play it up big and they they show the grandma making her regalia for this like event. And I... I, I really wanted it to be actual regalia, right? Like it, it, when she was in the scene in the grand entry, the whole point was like, she was going to blend in and she was going to be a part of the grand entry. And the costume was am amazing. It was beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But if I were to see that at a powwow, I wouldn't like, I would have no idea what was going on because it doesn't look like a traditional woman's uh, regalia. It doesn't look like a jingle dress. She's not wearing a shawl. Like there's all these rules that go with the dances that I was like, man, it would have been cool to see that thing like beat it up or give her a shawl or give her all these other things. So um, I thought it was cool. I wish they would have gone a little further, but right. that's just my personal nitpick. Yeah. And you, you mentioned previously when we talked that like, it's either one or the other, like you either go all out 
or you're like in yeah. jeans and a t-shirt there right. you know like so she was kind of like in the middle and it just was like didn't really fit in that's the thing is like like when you go to a grand entry for a powwow you'll see people who are there for like honoring a loved one or somebody who passed away or they're presenting a stark quilt for something or, or whatever so you'll see a lot of people who are just in street clothes who are not dancers they're not part of the you know they're not going to compete they're not part of they're not wearing regalia and then obviously you'll see all the dancers who are competing and, and like people who are bearing uh the flags and, and presenting and all that and those people are all dressed up. And so the fact that she was like somewhere in the middle, um, she's supposed to be blending in, but like, dude, she's super sticks <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, she's sticking out. Yeah. yeah. And and Do I not... get um like jingle dresses specifically are called jingle dresses because they're covered head to toe in bells. Like they have bells all over and they're super loud. Some people put like elk teeth on them so they click as they walk, but like they're not quiet. So I understand you couldn't do a jingle dress, but like there are a million other options you could have gone with. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, so a lot of, you know, cool uh, cultural nods and stuff like that. Maybe a few things that, you know, didn't fit could've in quite as yeah, could have sure. done differently for sure. But overall, I, I mean, how do you feel like they, they handled that, uh, the cultural aspect of it? I, I think all that was spot on. Like the fact that they were brave enough to incorporate it and allow this to be like an indigenous story for indigenous people by indigenous people was really cool. And like the acting in this was phenomenal. The guy who played, um, what was his name? Biscuit. Is that right? Was it Biscuits? Biscuits. Yeah. 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 Biscuits. Was killing um, me. Like that dude nailed yeah, it. That dude is hilarious. Um, again, Cody, Cody lightning, Cody lightning. Oh my gosh. That dude killed it. Uh, Devery yeah. Jacobs, who is like a superstar on the rise from, uh, reservation dogs, Chaskay Spencer, who again is from here and, and a phenomenal dude. Um, he like he is killing it and everything that he's in. He came from, uh, what was this? He came from Twilight. I think Twilight was like his first big oh, break. Really? Okay. Um, and I like I've seen those movies and I've seen his acting in those movies, and um, it's not. I'm not saying it's his fault because like those <laughs> movies are bad. Um, if, if like uh, what, what's the patents? Who's the Batman guy? I want to say Edward, but that's not his name. What's his first name? Uh, Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. It, it, I thought, I thought talking about the uh, yeah. character. So, so Robert Pattinson is a phenomenal actor, and like even he had a hard time in those movies. So, um, <laughs> watching everything post that about Chaskay Spencer, dude killed it. Um, Alequa Cox, always phenomenal. Um, Kunchi or uh, Tantu Cardinal, um, phenomenal. Who else am I missing? It's it's a pretty Graham Green. Graham Greene, who's in everything. Yeah, he's uh, in Zane McLennan obviously like has some, a couple parts in there. He's the dad. Um, so yeah, it's it's cool to see like these indigenous actors and actresses really shine, and it's amazing. It's it's so cool for me to see like the connections that are made to my small community of like nine hundred people in nowhere, Montana. Um, <laughs> so cool. Like we talked about, Amber Mid Thunders from here, Chaskay Spencer's from here, um, Janae Collins who was in Killers of Fire Moon. She's one of the sisters. She grew up with my my uh, brothers in law. So like. Yeah, crazy all the all the like lines yeah. that are drawn. Right. Pretty awesome. And and you mentioned Aleko Cox. I mean, we haven't talked about her probably enough because she is the reason this series works. Like she just knocked this one out of the park. Uh I think she and and I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I think her acting in Hawkeye was the first time she's yeah. ever acted. So, so the fact my, that she's yeah. learning all this on the fly is phenomenal. 
to my understanding, and I, and I don't remember where I read this or what article it was in, so I apologize if I get any of the details wrong because Hawkeye is what, like two years out now? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when she was announced, there was like an article or an interview or something that basically said like there was a casting call that was put out for indigenous actors and actresses, which which we've seen. I've seen personally like when they put those out because we've tried to sign my brother-in-law up for him a few times. But and and so somebody encouraged her because they were looking for specifically a indigenous actress who was also deaf. And I can't remember exactly how the story went, but I remember either her or somebody else was like concerned that her, her um, amputation would be a problem, like her prosthetic. And they had seen like her casting call and and, like uh, her work and immediately was a non-issue. And like watching her act, you can see why, (laughs) right? And, and, And having a, having the crux of a show be around a deaf actor or actress I feel like it's something that is one, not done enough, but also like you have to do it correctly. And I think the way that they did this and this, and obviously like I have no stake in the game. I'm, I, I'm not deaf. I I don't struggle with any sort of like differently abled things, but um, I thought it was phenomenally well done. And I think a big credit to that was her specifically acting. Like there was not a moment that went by that she wasn't selling that character. I was never pulled yeah. out of the scene. Right. I I feel the same way. I think this the reason this series works is because of her yeah. portrayal and her her acting chops, which again, she's learning on the fly because I just looked her up on IMDb and Hawkeye and Echo are her only acting credits. Yeah. So like the fact that she already has this natural acting ability like she's gonna be around for a while she's gonna be cast in other projects so it's which cool is to see like amazing. the old guard uh, zane mclaren's in everything right like he was in um westworld he's been in a million things and, and the rest of that cast has, has been around and then you see people like uh devry jacobs and alaiko cox who are mm-hmm. killing it and yeah. i think it's i, I it's like really I don't want to say a passing of the torch because obviously those older actresses and actors aren't, aren't going Still anywhere around. anytime soon, yeah. but it's nice to see how much they've benefited from the wisdom of the older generations and like yeah. the success that they've seen being passed on to these up and coming actors and actresses who are like killing it. Absolutely. killing yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think finale was uh, okay. Um, it was it a letdown. Let's not, it was, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was a disaster though. That's the thing. Like with all of these Marvel shows, so much gets packed into the finales. Yeah. And I think the pacing, even though it was five episodes and it could have used two more or three more episodes to just string out that storyline. Like, as we mentioned on every single Disney plus show could benefit the show. This episode or the finale of echo in comparison to all the other disney plus finales was probably one of the better ones it was good i I I feel like i think my frustration is there was so much going for it that if they would have like given it the proper time and the proper energy it wouldn't have been good it would have been great and and i think Mm -hmm. that's my frustration with this it's not that it was bad because it wasn't it's that there was so much there that they, that they just left behind. 
Yeah. Um, and I, again, I but, definitely get that. But if, if we're comparing it, it was solid. It was fine. It, it didn't do anything crazy or out of yeah. the box. Pretty much what they, you know, advertised leading up to it, which, you know, obviously we didn't know before the show that she was going to get superpowers and right. stuff like that. But like, I mean, leading up to it, basically everything that we thought was going to happen pretty much happened. The one thing I will say, though, is and I I hate to be like a negative like Nancy or whatever, but like the post credit scene was the thing that got me the most excited <laughs> watching yeah. this entire yeah. show, <laughs> which is a little sad to say, yeah. but that's not to say that the show was bad. It just wasn't a show that I was like jumping up in my chair like, yes, this is the best part ever. Like, this is amazing. But that post credit scene where we find out that Wilson Fisk is probably going to be running for mayor. Right. That was cool. Yeah. Which is a, a reference to a comic storyline, I believe, Devil's Rain. Devil's Rain, yep. Devil's Rain. Um, and you know, it's phenomenal. Story. It's phenomenal that we're getting these these stories from the amazing comics brought into the running MCU. Oh, I think this is going to be Fisk as a mayor is going to be, Oh, it's going to be so cool. I I think, I think daredevil born again is going to lead into something big on like the street level Marvel. Um, The problem is with the, with the mixed success of the Disney plus shows. I don't know if we're going to make it that far. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, Disney plus daredevil born again is currently in production. There's been crap ton of set photos and stuff that floating around in the internet. So if you're wanting to avoid that, just stay off of Twitter. It's all being just just don't do it because it's all over the place right now. Um, but it is currently in production. They've reworked it many times at this point. Who knows what we're going to get with Daredevil Born Again, man. I have, uh, if we get any semblance of Netflix Daredevil, I'll be happy. I yeah. there's, there's basically no chance in my mind that it can live up to Daredevil Netflix. Because Make it TVMA, Netflix, you cowards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it will be. It will be TVMA, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they've... I don't know if they've announced that or not, but like... If if it's not TVMA, it has zero chance. Right, it's not gonna make an impact. I, I want to say one thing. I know we're moving on from Echo, but one thing before we close the book, and and like this killed me with Hawkeye because I've been begging this forever. I wanted one episode, just one episode, where either you cannot hear at all, or like even the lowest, like slightly muffled noise where you just can't make out what people are saying. Right. I, just once I want somebody to step out of the bounds and like make it difficult and frustrating to watch the episode. All right, Jarrett, <clears throat> I'm getting it for you. It's right back here. Your soapbox. I please. I'm, I'm stepping on you. it. Stepping you on. Okay. So freaking Hollywood I, cowards. <laughs> I read Matt Fraction's Hawkeye because of you, Jarrett. Yep. And it is one of the best runs of any singular like titled hero comics I've ever read. It is phenomenal. Would absolutely recommend it to anybody listening that is into comics. But there is one issue which I'm going to let you talk about that they don't speak in because Hawkeye is deaf in the comics and he loses his hearing aid, if I'm remembering correctly, in that in that, in that yep, so, um, issue. 
so he has he normally wears cochlear implants yeah. and he gets the snot beat out of him by the tracksuit mafia and it's him in the doctor's office with his brother like basically trying to figure out like what happens next now that his hearing is not only like he lost his cochlear implants but they they like hurt his ears worse to where he's like deaf deaf um as opposed to like difficult of hear- hard of hearing or whatever and that entire issue is seen from the viewpoint of like somebody who kind of remembers sign language ASL and is also trying to like piece together lip reading people's words. And it's beautifully done. If you read one issue of one comic, it has to be that one. And one of my favorite things about that comic, because like that's one of the things that drew me to Hawkeye again is like, not only is he just a guy, right? Doesn't have superpowers. He's not rich like Batman. He's not, you know, he's literally just a dude and he's trying to find out how to continue to be heroic in spite of like this thing that is putting an obstacle in front of him. And there's a quote from David Aja, who is the the illustrator of the comic and somebody had like enough people that hate mailed him basically saying like, this is dumb. I'm so frustrated. I just wanted to enjoy this comic and I can't because I don't know what the characters are saying. And I can't, this was like a Twitter post or an interview or something. I can't remember where I saw it, but he basically said like, that's the point, right? That's what inspired, like, this is what people have to deal with every single day. And so I want you to watch an episode of Echo. I want you to watch an episode of Hawkeye and be frustrated because you're turning up the sound and it's not working and characters have their backs to you and you can't see what they're saying. Right. Or like you don't have captions. I want you to watch one episode and be that frustrated because I think it says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that when we reviewed Hawkeye and that would be phenomenal. Like that would have been, that would be an episode of TV that would be. Everybody would be talking about it. And and like, it would be awesome. Yeah. I I have, and like, I'm I'm getting off track here, but I have a lot of students who um, have problems like that are, are very difficult seeing um hard of hearing or deaf um i I don't have any students who are like solely relying on asl but i have a lot who are hard of hearing and a lot who need glasses but don't have them um and to see somebody like struggle and overcome that and not just like struggle and overcome it but like just really succeed at everything that they can do in spite of whatever barriers are put in their way is a story that i think not just resonates within native communities but like the world at large because yeah. resiliency is something that we can all get behind um so yeah, yeah. you you freaking cowards just do it once for <laughs> just me. do it come on uh so for that reason it is a, a little sad that we're probably not going to see echo again that with her own series or movie or anything like that right. I, I think we will probably see her in a very small like cameo capacity at some point uh but yeah it's it's uh it's pretty much over for her as far as her own self-titled uh, projects, I feel like. So, yeah, a little bit of a bummer. Uh, but overall, I think this series was very well done. Um, what would you give this series, Jared? What would you rate it? Um, I can't remember what I rated it last time. And this is what I love about you and me is it kind of depends on what <laughs> mode we're in. Yeah. Um, I, having rewatched it recently and rewatched Hawkeye alongside it, I think I give it a five and a half uh, no I, I give it a five out of six actually and i think the one that is detracting it from it has nothing to do with the writing has nothing to do with the actors i think it has a lot to do with pacing 
the only writing thing that I don't like again is like nothing makes sense with Kingpin. How is he still alive? Let alone looking as good as he does. But yeah, right. Um, uh, the best he's got the best uh, plastic surgeons money can buy. Apparently. I mean, like dude got shot point blank and he has no, not to mention wound, the best so, like, doctors that like yeah. uh, sewed his brain together or something. I, I don't know. I don't know what they did. They did something to him and he looks my, great, so. okay. Just, my 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 quick guess is like at one point I think they were gonna make him the scroll and then they're like no we're doing too much of that maybe not and then they're like oh I guess he's okay I don't gosh know. that that just makes me think of like the huge missed opportunity that Secret Invasion was because they could have oh, done I know, so many I know. cool things <laughs> I know in the MCU and like this I if you watch Secret Invasion in and of itself. It's really not that bad of a show. It is. But like <laughs> some people might hate it. it. I, still, I still gave it a 4.5 out of yeah. 6 and I'll stand by that. But like for the huge disappointment that it was to the broad spectrum of the MCU. Don't, wa- <sighs> don't watch bad, the man. series. If it's you bad. really like if you're curious at all about Secret Invasion, go buy the like rent the comic book. Go to your library. You and buy like, the comic book because the comic book is phenomenal. If like if you're gonna read okay. an event comic, Secret Invasion is up there with one of the best events like ever. Probably top three. Yeah. Off of my head right now, it's 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 up there. Top five for sure. Yeah, you definitely need to read that one. And it skip the TV show. Yeah, just read I, the I, I don't need, just don't yeah, just don't watch the TV <laughs> show. It's it's a major disappointment in comparison to the the comic series. So anyways. I digress. Uh, we're going to stop talking about that now. Uh, <laughs> I give, I'd agree with you. I give Echo a five out of six. I thought it was a phenomenal series. I don't think I have as much issue with the pacing. I, I feel like I look at it in comparison to all these other Disney plus shows. Sure. And it really doesn't have worse pacing than these other shows. Cause Echo, I think didn't have quite the same story to tell as a lot of these other ones did. I feel like they adequately told the story, whereas a lot of these other shows, man, they tried to pack so much crap into these other shows. So the pacing was just bizarre, just super messed up. So like Echo, I don't think was quite as bad. It still definitely had his issues. I think there was one fight scene that I was a little disappointed in, and it was the Daredevil fight scene. Like, love that we got Daredevil, but like that fight looked so choreographed and it's hard to compare that side by side with a good daredevil fight scene, which was the hallway scene. And then a really good echo fight scene, which was the bowling alley. Yeah. The 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 bowling bowling alley alley scene um, was great. The roller skate, the roller rink roller Um, rink. Yeah. yeah. I knew what you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The roller rink scene, but that scene was great. Like I was so good compared to the daredevil fight. Yeah. You felt the emotion. Everything looked real. And and it just, the daredevil one just looked so rehearsed that it just, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't feel like it was real. So yeah, a couple, couple things that I was not crazy about this series with, but like overall it was among and among the Disney plus shows too. It's, it's definitely middle of the road, like maybe a little bit higher than middle of the road for me as far as the Disney plus shows go. So um, yeah, I really loved it. Five out of six, definitely worth a watch. I mean, like you, you have to watch this. If if, this is getting to the point where like us Marvel fans are going to watch everything, right? Like we're, we're going to watch this. Yeah. But like the, like you said, um, superhero fatigue, whether you like that term or not, it's a thing like the general public 
is not watching these shows anymore because they probably watch WandaVision. Maybe they watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. But after that, like, I feel like they were dropping off pretty quickly because these series really are all kind of the same show about different characters. So this one, it was it was a solid show. It kind of really did tell the same story. It told told it a little better than a lot of these series. If you're interested in indigenous communities, I would say watch this for that alone to see like what yeah. what is it what does a contemporary small town reservation mm-hmm. look like, um, and what would a superhero from that community look like? Yeah. But beyond that, it, it is just another kind of blase Disney Plus show. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, you know we're looking forward obviously to seeing Wilson Fisk in. Uh, daredevil born again and probably in the broader scope of the mcu with him potentially becoming mayor so we'll see where that leads to and obviously we're getting daredevil back in daredevil born again right uh but yeah i mean like you you mentioned that we're probably going to get a little bit more focus on the street level um of the mcu with daredevil born again obviously but with like wilson fisk being mayor Obviously, that's going to be put more emphasis on New York City and not like saving the world right. in a general sense. So, so, and I think that's great because street level MC or street level Marvel is phenomenal. So, hey, we get some Spider Man mixed in with Daredevil for some street level stuff in the MCU. I'm 100% down. Like, I, th- I think if fun. you were to like make generalizations about Marvel, um, in the same way that we do with DC. I, I think if you were to actually rank it, in my opinion, or at least like the way I read comics is like, X-Men is always number one for me. <laughs> Even though like they get pretty rough and some of them are way better than others. And then number two above Avengers, above like, you know, Celestial Marvel, above even like the Supernatural stuff is always like street level. You know, mm-hmm. Moon Knight street level. Spider-Man most of the time, believe it or not, is street level. Yeah. And so I think a lot of the good stories live there. Um, even like some of the supernatural stuff, like um, not Devil's Ring, Shadowland, street level, right? That's that's their devil and his whole crew. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see what they could do with that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of cool things to look forward to. And I feel like we are we are getting more spread out as well. We're only getting uh, Deadpool three as an official MCU uh, release this year. I think that's going to help the MCU right. as well, and just like the the general draw to like Deadpool three is going to make a buttload of money. Like we've been kind of talking about how the Marvels um, and a lot of those DC movies did not do well at the box office, which not doing well is still pretty good (laughs) is still pretty good as far as like, you know, movies go blockbusters go stuff like that. But like, Hey, they're not making a billion dollars. I feel like Deadpool three might, be in that category yeah. it, it might not make a, it's probably not going to make a billion but it's going to do pretty well because people are are going to come to see uh hugh jackman as wolverine i, I think so if you I, were to if you were to encompass like all the dc and marvel products of the last year and you look at something like um guardians 3 versus like almost every dc movie that came out last year and marvels um i think if you look at the success of of guardians three and, and everything that went on with the SAG after strike, I think people have to stop, take a deep breath and really invest in making not good quote unquote superhero movies, but like good movies, 
good movies. Right. Yeah. Like Daredevil, exactly. or Daredevil. Guardians three is just a good movie. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not a good for a superhero movie. It is a yeah. good movie. It is a good movie, but I will say, and, and I loved, absolutely adored guardians three. It's, is it my favorite movie of 2023? No, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely high on my top six list, which we're going to be doing. Stanley's yeah. coming up pretty soon. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but I will say it's stuff. It suffers from Marvel. I don't know. It's this Marvel fatigue is not a good term for it. But like if you don't watch most of the Avengers movies, all of the Guardians movies, you will not understand a single thing that happens in guardians three. Sure. But it is such a good movie that like watching all of those previous movies leading up to it, it's totally sense. worth it. Cause I bawled my way through guardians three because of the oh emotional gosh, yeah. impact <laughs> that those characters had on me. It was almost like in uh, going back to Endgame, like in Endgame, yeah. those original six Avengers, had such a huge impact on us in the broad scope of the MCU that I cried a good chunk of Endgame because <laughs> because of yeah. the emotional impact that those characters had on me, and that's what Guardians Three was. It was like the Endgame of Phase. Was it in Phase Four? Yes. Phase Five, technically. I don't know. What's Phase Five now? I don't, it's five it's all mud in the water to me now, <laughs> bud. Honestly, post Endgame, I don't even know what's what's happening anymore. Whatever phase it's in, but like it was the Endgame of yeah. all of the post Endgame Marvel projects, basically. Like convoluted way to say that, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it had all the emotional impact that all of the other Phase Four projects have not had. Yeah, it carried yeah. the weight of that whole for sure. But yeah, it did still have a lot of homework that you had to do yeah, to, <laughs> to get yeah. to that Im- impact. But yeah, a lot, right. lot of cool things to look forward to in the MCU. But thankfully, I think we're hopefully course correcting, getting less projects muddled in there. Um, but Deadpool 3 is the next big thing coming. Unless, uh, I mean, it's not MCU, but if we're counting Madam Web as a Marvel project, then I don't know what's next. going on with that. It's such a, like, have you seen, okay, I'm, I'm, we're going long, but I guess we have to at this point. It's have fine. you seen the press circuit for that? And like it's how disinterested wild. all of the actresses are in this movie. See, no, no, I actually think the opposite. Like they actually think that this is a really, it seems like they think this is a good movie. And I'm like, I'm watching how in like how yeah the vibes how? for this are not there. <laughs> the the trailers and the promos that they put out for this look are so awful, god awful, like yeah. CW level bad special effects. Yeah, and look, hey, hey, I love the CW shows as much as anybody else, but you can't look at watch those shows and tell me that they had the best special effects that money could buy like they're just not there and it's a tv show that it's fine but this is a movie we're yeah. talking about now this is this is black widow level <laughs> yeah. like a hundred i don't know what the budget is i'm assuming this is like a 150 million dollar budget level movie that we're talking about and i made a tiktok about this but like in one of those promos uh Ezekiel Sims, the like Spider-Man-esque figure in this, swings down and then blows up. 
like in a special effects explosion. Yeah. I watched that and I was like, (laughs) this looks like a Snapchat filter. (laughs) Are we serious now? (laughs) Are we serious? Is this a satirical movie? Is this a parody? I don't know. I can't tell at this point. So this might be a parody. This is my favorite thing is like everybody, everybody is asking, what is her name? What's the Dakota? It's not Dakota. Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson. They're asking her like what this has to do with the MCU and what this has to do with Spider-Man. And my favorite thing is like, they keep saying the same line, which is like, this is not a Spider-Man movie. And I'm like, um, but you tried really hard to make it look like a bad Spider-Man movie. You sure about that? You sure about like that? Ezekiel Sims comes swinging in in a black and purple like right. Uh, also, from all of the clips that we've gotten from the actresses um, talking about this movie, it seems like they don't understand that this is not a part of the MCU. Right. It seems like they are fuzzy on the fact that this is Sony, Sony's like Marvel Universe or whatever they're calling it now. Well, that's that's my favorite thing is they're like they're pitching it as though it were a Marvel superhero movie. <laughs> right. But they, then anytime they, anyone asks them about Spider Man, like, it has nothing to do with Spider Man. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's I don't know, Adam dude. Webb. I don't know. This it's, is going to be a terrible movie, but I'm almost I'm almost like excited to see it. I'm just so to see how for the bad. Trip. This is my Morbius. Be. Do you know how like <laughs> everybody was so excited for Morbius just to see how yeah. much of a train wreck it was? Right. This is that for me? Same, same. Honestly, I'm actually like legitimately excited to see this and see how bad I'm. I might, I might go to the movie theater and. When does this, this come? When does Madam Web come out? It's coming out this month in February. Oh, dang it! No, because see, because be I was so hoping. Bad. I was hoping I'd be in Minnesota for this and we could just, you and me. <laughs> oh could my go. gosh. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Okay. We're really, we're really getting way off track yeah. here. Um, <laughs> check out the infinity bros at the or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and soon to be drip. We already talked about that at the beginning of the show, but yeah, going to be a lot of cool content coming from infinity bro, Robbie um, moving forward with uh, drip and doing some rip and ship um mtg stuff so our youtube is is gonna get some love here soon um in a big project that we've been working on robbie specifically has been putting in a lot of effort into getting like spell table stuff out including uh it, hopefully soon a all infinity bros spell table episode that we're gonna put some heavy editing into and then again i talked about the fallout stuff so yeah pay attention to that links will be in the show notes Jarrett, thank you so much for joining me today it has been a absolute pleasure yeah dude i love unhinged rambling with you it is like dude, one of my favorite things of all time like so we're sitting at two hours and eight minutes right now um probably 50 minutes of that is like directed show review and the yep. rest of it is literally just us rambling about random junk yeah <laughs> So. I'm a hummingbird. That's all it is. <laughs> so stop talking. If I stop freaking out. I'm going to die. <laughs> thank you, Jared. It has been a pleasure. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you so much for making us a part of your podcasting experience. We love you 3000. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube at the Infinity Bros. You can also check out our website at theinfinitybros.com for links, reviews, and sweet merch. Feel free to send listener feedback via social media or email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.